This is Asasi Podcast, enabled by Asasi Radio. The following presentation was previously aired on Asasi Radio. We are joined by um, the CEO of the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission. And if you read the, the statement from the National Labor Commission, it was directed at a number of stakeholders. I think there were five of them. To the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission, the GES director, um, also the the Minister for Labor Relations, and, and also Minister for Education, and then the the bodies that are responsible are that are going on the strike. And we want to talk to the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission to get a clear understanding of what it is that is necessitating this, because. They, we know that a certain 4% increment in salaries had been granted and that had been implemented, but there is still a call for a cost of living allowance. And we are fortunate to have been joined by Mr. Benjamin Arthur, who is the CEO of the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission. Good morning, sir, and thank you for joining us on the Asase Breakfast Show. Hello, Mr. Arthur. Okay, we seem not to have him on the line. Once we're able to raise him, we'll be we'll start that particular conversation with him. But I have Wilberforce with me in the studio, and Willie, um, it started with the education or uh, workers, not Nagrat, um, CCT, and also Tew. And yesterday, I had I had Angel Carbono speak very extensively on this particular issue, and he's the 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 president of Nagrat. Um, for you, I mean, okay, so now we have um, the CEO of the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission, Mr. Benjamin Arthur, join us this morning. Mr. Arthur, thank you very much for joining us on the Assassin Breakfast Show. Uh, thank you for having me. And good morning to all your very listeners as well. All right. Thank you very much um, once again for joining us. Um, in a bit, we'll be joined by the Executive Secretary of the National Labor Commission, um, Mr. Ufusua Samwa. But Mr. Arthur, um, how how did we get to this point again, where labor unions are have got to the even the point of actually striking? And I'm talking about the education workers. Hello. Yes, Mister Ada. Yes, you know, I I could I couldn't get your question. Where I am, the network is a bit poor, so. If you can raise your voice at this place. I will, I will try to do that. So I was asking, how did we get to this place where we are having education sector workers, for instance, going on strike and um, the union of registered nurses and midwives also asking for a certain cola, um, that's the cost of living allowance, in addition to whatever they are earning right now, which forms actually the basis upon which the education sector workers are going on the strike. I, I, I really don't get your question. Uh, you may pardon me. Okay, so we know, for instance, that there was a certain 4% adjustment in public sector workers' wages. Is that correct? Yes, please. Good. That, that was for 2021. Okay, so that has been done, and we are in 2022 now, and we are having a number of labor unions asking for cost-of-living allowance. What is what is necessitating this, and 
um is doesn't that salary adjustment cater for whatever that they're asking for now thank you uh this, this year to the government increased the uh, base pay by seven percent uh you do not have to forget that one as well but i will not be able to go into details as to why and how organized labor should treat its demands but i can confirm that uh honorable minister for employment and labor relations has actually in fact, he fixed a meeting last week. Uh, some of the participants were not able to make it. Uh, today afternoon, God willing, uh, all of us are meeting the union's concern. And I'm sure uh, we'll be able to engage amicably. But I'm appealing to organized labor, the Peter Union, that it will not take a strike get all these results. I mean, dialogue is the way forward. And I'm appealing to them that they should call off the strike for us to continue to engage. Um, Ms. Arthur, um, you, you said the minister, um, the, uh, that's the minister for labor relations, employment and labor relations, called for a meeting last week. Um, when was this meeting called for? During last week? Uh, uh, I think it was supposed to be uh, last week, uh, which is the 30th of June. Yes, and and this happens to be the ultimatum date that the uh, education workers unions had given. Why wait till that date? Oh, oh, you see, uh, let, let me not go in there. A meeting fixed for 30th of June obviously would have had its invitation letter written before 30th of June. Yes, I mean, that's granted. But the, the question really is, why choose such a date for the meeting? Especially when, and I'm sure from your experience, from your engagement... I'm not able to answer that. Okay, you're not able to answer. Okay, all right. We'll move on to... Um, so, you are saying you are going to be having a meeting this week. That's today with the various um, labor unions. Um, from the, the letter or the, the directive from um, the National Labor Commission you are to engage these various stakeholders. Now that the Union of Registered Nurses and Midwives are also asking for COLA, are you going to be adding them to this particular conversation? Well, I'm, I'm not a convener of the meeting, but I am, I am confident that all concerns will definitely come to the table. And... Sorry, Ms. Arthur, um, when you say all concerned, could you please specify... You ask the question, and I will, will, will those who are also raising such concerns be invited? And I'm saying that, well, the meeting is about, is about those concerns. So anybody concerned, I'm very optimistic, definitely will have the opportunity to be heard. Mr. Um, Arthur, the cost of living allowance, is it in your practice a normal thing for labor unions to be asking for um, based on changes in economic conditions? Uh, in fact, I must be very sincere with you that uh, your questions and the way that they are placed makes it a bit difficult for, for answers. But if I have understood you very well, organized labor has a right to demand what they believe is due them. The employer 
also has his rights, just like in normal industrial relations. But what we should not lose sight of is the fact that we should seek to engage. So we cannot say that what organized labor is asking for is neither here nor there. Nor neither can we say that the challenges that um, the employer faces, which is also well communicated to all of us, is also neither here nor there. We cannot say that. It's dialogue. And my appeal to organized labor is that they should have faith in government and continue to engage. Uh, Mr. Arthur, and since you talk about my line of question, let, let me let me try to generalize a bit. Has it been the case that with our efforts to establish conditions of service with labor unions, we have been able to complete that process as we speak now? Hello? Yes, Mr. Arthur. Yeah, yeah, your line was... All right, I'll take it again. I'm asking if your we have been able to complete negotiation of conditions of service with labor um, unions, especially public sector workers. Have we completed that process yet? All, all of the labor unions do have same conditions of service and then as to date. So as and when we make progress, some of them have their conditions of service that were expired next year. Others were expired in two years. Others have expired that we have engaged them. So we don't have one single condition of service for all. Okay. And and, and, and what, what what is the process? Because in your answer, what you mentioned that some have expired, some are to be expiring. Do you have a certain negotiation trigger process which ensures that at any point in time, we don't have an expired conditions of service? And, and I'm talking about you preempting so that a new one is negotiated before the ensuing one expires. Oh, de- de- definitely that, that, that is being done. And the law says that until a new one has been negotiated, the old one that has expired is so important. So, practically, there is nothing that, there is no backing. But uh, my understanding was that this interview was about Cola. <laughs> yes, and, 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 and no, but, but you know, we, Cola is situated within the general benefits of public sector workers. And and that's that's what we are we are seeking to have an understanding of. And I mean when you look at the um inflation figures as were reported, for instance, for May of twenty twenty two, we are having headline inflation of twenty seven point six percent. Was this not something to have been preempted? that such conversations were going to come up so that the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission could have actually um, proactively engaged the labor organizations. Hello, Mr. Arthur. Hello. Yes, Mr. Arthur, I, I'm, 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 I'm asking about the cola... Is that to actively something, something? The line is a bit poor. Okay. You must forgive. I don't know whether it's from your end or my end. All right. Mr. Arthur, we will try and raise you on a better line and see if we can get some, um, okay. uh, we can continue the conversation. Um, we've been talking to 
Mr. Or let me say, we've been trying to get some answers from Mr. Benjamin Arthur, who is the CEO of the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission, um, trying to talk about the various um, labor um, requests, or let me say, even uh, agitations, because we, we have a number of labor unions within the education sector going on strike, which was started, as, I think, somewhere um, yesterday or Monday. Um, and it's all in respect of cost of living allowance. And for the benefit of our listeners, cost of living allowance is basically um, a certain allowance giving workers because of changes in economic conditions. And one of those main economic um, variables which is looked at is inflation because your earnings last year in terms of what they are able to purchase right now is not the same um, we are we are we have raised mr arthur back on the line and we would want to see if you can get some responses from him and um, thank you for joining us again mr arthur uh, thank you for having me yes is it, is it clearer now uh, not, not too clear but i have heard you Okay, so I was asking that knowing how the, the changes in our economic conditions have been, inflation figures for May, for instance, being 27.6%, was it not to have been preempted so that the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission would proactively engage these labor unions? Well, my good friend, negotiations are done based on and conditions that have been agreed. I mean, among the various, I don't want to sound too technical here, but you have an existing conditions that the employer and organized labor have signed. I mean, let me not generalize organized labor. Specific unions have signed, which are being implemented, which are still in force. So when they have not expired, it becomes very difficult to say that you are throwing it away. If changing circumstances demands some amendment. It is by engagement. It's by engagement. You don't simply say that uh, one month's inflation has changed and therefore you are going to throw away every other agreement that has been signed onto. And the terms and conditions are not just simply uh, only based on inflation. There are a whole host of things that go into it. So don't treat the impression that any <laughs> time there's an inclusion figure given by Ghana on a monthly basis you have to engage and change everything that has been agreed to that's not that oh, okay Mr. Arthur and please educate us so beyond inflation for instance what are the various other variables that are considered um, in making some of these adjustments in the conditions of service of um, the specific labor unions Hello? that you've had. Yes, Mr. Arthur. Yeah, if you can up your voice a bit. So, so my question is, yes. for the pep, for the benefit of my listeners, um, beyond inflation, what other things are considered in the adjustments to the conditions of service of the various labor unions that you negotiate um, these uh, conditions with? Well, one of the key factors that all of us must must base our argument on is the ability to pay. Is the ability to pay. Yes, you may have your demand. And yes, where are we going to have the resources from? So that is very key. 
in any industrial relations, in any way, taking mechanism, the ability to pay is key. So if you take a company X and the workers want a certain amount, definitely it has to be paid from its resources. So if ability to pay is not a controlling factor, then I wouldn't know which other factor can be controlling. We need with organized labor to understand the times that we find ourselves in. These are very difficult times that I understand that people are facing challenges. But we must also equally be sensitive towards the environment. So it's a balancing act. That's why we always plead with organized labor that strike is not the solution in this matter. Engagement, dialogue is the solution. I mean, it's a mechanism for arriving at the solution. So once government has invited you for us to have a dialogue, they should call off the strike, come to the table, for us to engage. Mm. Uh, and, Mr. Arthur, about the conditions of service, you mentioned in one of your, of your responses that the law provides that once a new conditions of service has not been, the, the negotiations of which have not been completed, the expired one still persists. Is it the case that once the new one has been completed, if there are any differences, and I'm talking about improvements, the difference is paid to the, the labor unions. My good brother, thanks for the question. The, the question that you have asked has nothing to do with the cola. What organized labor is asking for is cola. It is not. It has nothing to do with a particular conditions of service that has been signed onto by any particular union. And I want you to understand, and my listeners to also to understand that the cola that is being demanded is not a condition of service that currently exists, that has expired for which reason organized labor wants it renegotiated. Oh, okay. Um, it is a new thing that is being demanded. Oh, okay. Mr. Arthur, and... We want to thank you very much for making time to talk to us this morning. What it is is, of course, we'll be seeking to get um, updates um, from your engagements with the various labor unions as far as progress in resolving this impasse is concerned. And once again, we want to say thank you very much for making time for us on the Assassin Breakfast Show. Uh, thank you for having me. Sorry for the bad line. All right. I, I, I'm sure our listeners do take cognizance of that and do pardon you and we've been we've been talking to mr um mr arthur um mr let me let me let me just confirm his benjamin, benjamin arthur who is my who, who has my name as well and it's been a pretty interesting conversation over for us <laughs> well yes it is and uh, actually maybe he might not perhaps may not have been in the position to answer this particular question. But, you know, if you look at the National Labor Commission letter, yes. it mentions five institutions. Yes. The first institution that is mentioned is, of course, the Ministry mm -hmm. for Labor Relations. So yes. I presume that the ministry is supposed to be spearheading this particular consultations. And so uh, 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 maybe when we get to speak with uh, the other persons, we can find out from them where, where we are because this letter is dated the 4th of July. Yes. Today is a 6th. Yes. The letter said that engage them, give us a report within seven days. Mm -hmm. It doesn't state that engage them on, it, it, it doesn't state, it doesn't say engage them immediately. Mm -hmm. It says engage them. So 
on the fourth, the communication was given. Today is a sit. Where are they with this proposed meeting? Mm. Because they are asking five serious bodies mm -hmm. to meet with this four aggrieved teacher institutions. Yes. Has there been any agreement as we speak today as to when we are meeting? In, in fact, he indicates that they are having the meeting today. With the with the with, yes with the various stakeholders. stakeholders. So it means that there's an at least there's an agreement. So the yes. meeting is taking it's place. Taking okay, place today. So I didn't hear that earlier. So it's taking place today. Okay. The five institutions named by the Labour Commission are coming to meet with the four okay. teacher unions, mm. and then hopefully within seven days they should be able to present a report to the Labour com uh, the Labour Commission. Yes. Now seven days. Let's even count seven days from today. Mm -hmm. That is the thirteenth. Yes. Of July. Yes. So give or take, let's add another day for them. Surplus, 14th. So by 14th of July, we should be able to get some uh, communication mm. coming directly to the Labor Commission so that the Labor Commission can also deal with this matter because ultimately the Labor Commission is more like playing a pivotal role. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it becomes the pivot around which this whole thing will... The dispute settlement settle organization. Absolutely. Uh -huh. So uh, let's say that if the meeting is taking place today, I'm happy. Okay. I wanted to hear that. I, I maybe I wasn't listening okay. at the time. Okay. So <laughs> we are, we are, we are joined now by um, a labour expert who very much understands the workings of the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission, uh, especially with regard to the cola. And uh, that's Mr. YB Amponsa, and he joins us this morning. Mr. Amponsa, thank you very much for joining us on the Assassin Breakfast Show. Yeah. Thank you. Too. And we, we just got off the line with Mr. Benjamin Arthur, who is the CEO of the Ferriages and Salaries Commission. And he, the position he is espousing is to the effect that in the consideration of the COLA, it's not just about changing economic conditions, but also the ability of the employer to pay. Um, does this not make it all too simple every time the employer to use inability to pay when it comes to the negotiations. Thank you very much. And let me say good morning to your cherished listeners. Uh, you, you see, we are in a situation where, oh, let me, let me, I think there's an echo in the system. Let me see what I can do about it. Hello? Yeah, Mr. Amponsa, please go ahead. Okay. What I'm saying is that the, the current demand of the, the, the unions is not a matter of a condition of service provision. Uh, it, it's, according to them, it has become necessary because the uh, economic situation is tough. Uh, I am of a different opinion, okay? And if, if I'm starting from where you, the question you asked, in yep. negotiation, there are certain parameters that we consider. The inflation is one. Profitability of the business is one. Productivity is another and then ability to pay must always underline what you want to do because what you are doing is providing a sustainable adjustment not an adjustment that can run six months or three months and then dry the company 
That is why it is always relevant that you consider the company's ability to carry that additional burden across the period. Mm. Okay. So that is how I will look at the situation. But then when you come to the current situation, the, the unions are asking for cola. For me, it's a different ballgame. And I would have preferred that we handle it in the normal wage adjustment process. And how do we do that? See, when we adjust salaries, we consider the performance of the business from the previous year. Okay? And then use that to determine how far we can go. And then we give the so if we are going to increase salaries for 2023, we will look at the performance of the various institutions from uh, uh, in 2022. So then we use the inflationary figure at the end of 2022, the performance of the business at the, at the end of 2022, and then use that to determine the wage going forward. So in this particular case where uh, the teachers were paid 7%, and the inflation has actually fettled everything away, what I expected them to do, the unions to do, is to go to the negotiating table for 2023, considering the performance of the economy for 2022. And then say that, look, because you gave me 7%, and inflation is now 30%. I've lost so much. So first, restore me to my 2023 level before we talk about 2023 salary. No, that would have been my preferred approach. And, and so, Mr. Amponza, you are in essence saying that this particular call for the cola is premature. Very, very much so, by my estimation. And so you would have you would have rather the year ends and then based on let's say the average rate of inflation, a proposition mm -hmm. is made for an adjustment first before the consideration of anything else that is going to come by way of a top up. Hello, Mr. Amposa. Yes, can you hear me? Hello. Hello, Mr. Amposa. Oh, okay. So, so we we will try and raise Mr. Amponza, but he was making a very fundamental point um, to the effect, and Nanaya, um, to the effect that this particular call for cola in the middle of the year, on the back of having received a seven percent adjustment in your earnings for the beginning, or I mean for the twenty twenty two year, is premature, and that the labor unions should have had held on gone into the negotiations at the end of the year and then you factor all of these issues you are raising now into that particular conversation for the adjustment to be made then. Um, does it sound all reasonable to you? Well, one can sympathise with, uh, if you like, the teachers and uh, affiliated workers who are <coughs> suffering the pinch and so naturally reacting. I mean, it's like workers across the world all feeling the pinch. Uh 
so if you like there's a kind of natural justice kind of suggestion to this but judging by the procedures one would have expected them to follow particularly because this is an action organized by organized labor organized unions and so one expects them to follow the procedures it isn't uh, unlike what i said yesterday in another Mm. bit of uh, glib punditry let's put it that way exactly the same situation as the utag one where you have an agreement that had been thrashed out by workers with the government previously and what people are calling for is the the realization of those terms okay. this is something that hasn't been negotiated yeah but there's a call out of the blue for it okay. it's not the same argument okay um mr Amponsa is back on the line and and thank you very much for for joining us again so i was asking that you 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 are suggesting that um whatever conditions or issues that the organized labor is presenting now should yes. have been held on to and presented at the end of year um, based on which a certain restoration of the value as estimated at the beginning of the year should be done before any further adjustments be sought for. Exactly so. But, but Mr. So that, is, that, is, that is the process and approach we use. You see, negotiations follow a certain protocol. Okay, so you cannot just jump the gun, especially when you know that your institution drive its strength from its budget. And budgets are done on an annual basis. So now that the government knows that, hey, my people are crying for cola, when he's budgeting for 2023, uh, he has to make a provision mm. for for that. So that life becomes easier for everybody. Thank you for listening to Assassi Podcast. Follow Asasi Radio on Twitter at Asasi Radio 995 or share your feedback via feedback at asasiradio.com.